Have you been shadow banned by the liberal media? Free market got you down? Do you get ratioed on every Twitter post because of your shit takes on literally everything? Then producer Dave and HK are probably watching your three-hour dissertation on how a tomato cannot possibly be a fruit because gender and critical race theory can be cured with ivermectin. The Intellectual Dollar Tree, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Please leave it a one-star review on iTunes. Check out the rest of our schedule at ecoplexmedia.com. Read into the lyrics, so let the parties will quench your thirst. As long as you remember. 
All right, podcast listeners and live viewers and listeners, welcome to the Plex. We do the show live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Uh, what you're going to hear now is the 8 to 9 Pacific hour of the show. You can tune in live to get the whole show, or you can join the Patreon, patreon.com slash echoplex. Five bucks a month or more, and you get the entire audio capture of the show. There are other ways to get the whole show. Um, if you're familiar with how Twitch works, you can get the whole show without um, <laughs> doing that. Also, if you just email me, I'll send you the MP3. I'm not like really paywalling an MP3 over $5. Like, What kind of weirdo does that? <clears throat> anyway, check out our shop at eplex.store. And uh, I'm producer Dave, homo alono, and uh, this is what the people want. Police officers, they've gone insane. I don't hate the cops. And there's a person inside when the torture stops. I don't hate the cops. Oh, when the raiders come, who will protect the shops? Don't hate the cops. They're a sensitive bunch. If you don't stop throwing your rocks, snap, crack, or pop. It's the sound of a taser. Your body drops. Don't hate the cops. Donate the cops, donate the cops. Donate the cops. Like your local police. Cause they don't do nothing wrong, like your local police. Got rid of the corruption and the racism is gone. They've been keeping the peace. Keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls. Got a cure for your social disease. Follow the law, don't hate the cops. 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 Tonight is <clears throat> Trey Gowdy, former elected representative, um, talking about the Italian prime minister on Fox News. The Italian prime minister is a bit of a right-wing authoritarian type, and um, a lot of lefties are uh, a little concerned for the people of Italy, especially the gay people, other kinds of queer people, 
especially trans folks. And so we'll have to see how that shakes out. But the Fox people are quite happy. Some of those organizations may have said first female prime minister for Italy, but they, they chose the other way um, to describe this. You know, Brett, if you had two hours and could read to the bottom of the New York Times story about her election, you would see that she was historic. But you would have to get through more hard right and far right references. And I guess what I'm wondering is if you're winning elections, if you are what the people want, at what point does that become the center? I mean, who gets to say what is far right or what is hard right? <laughs> Actually, if you win, you're just a centrist by fucking definition. Even if you're like, what the fuck these, okay. None of these words mean anything anymore, I guess, uh, just by winning the election. But I mean, by that logic, aren't these the same people who are calling like Joe Biden, a fucking like a socialist and shit by that logic. Isn't he just a centrist? Cause he, he won the election, got a lot more votes than his opponent. Let's see him try that logic with a uh, Joe Biden. This, uh, these two segments by Tucker Carlson here are uh, fucking kind of out there. Uh, here, here, this is, this is some, this is some weird shit, even for Tucker. If you want to establish totalitarian control over a country, of course you have to destroy the family first, because nobody with deep family loyalty, the one thing every person should have, no one who has that will ever pledge absolute obedience to a politician. Why would you? So if you want absolute obedience, you have to sever family ties. And that's why state schools brainwash your children with values that you despise and then instruct your children to turn you in as a thought criminal if you object. Wait, what? <laughs> that's crazy. When is that? Is that happening? Are the are public schools having kids turn their parents in as to the thought police? I don't think that's happening. That's happening. It's oh, not it your is? imagination. And it's happening for a reason. Wokeness is not just a political ideology. It's not just something annoying that emerged on college campuses that we can ignore. It's a state religion that supplants actual religion, which is also being destroyed. There's a reason the strip bars and the liquor stores and the weed dispensaries stayed open under COVID, but the churches didn't. I don't think the strip clubs stayed open uh, during COVID. And uh, a weed dispensary and a liquor store you don't really congregate there. You buy your shit and you leave. The bars were closed, right? So, like, yeah, you can go you can go buy weed. I mean, if weed's legal, you can go buy weed and you can leave. People, a lot of people got it delivered, maybe, because they thought it would be uh, smarter to do that. Um, but strip clubs weren't open. I think he's, what is, it, what is that, uh, lying. He's uh, making shit up. Here's uh, more of his segment that's ostensibly about the election in Italy. Ask that to what's happening in the United States. House Republicans just spelled out what they're running on. It's a document called the Commitment to America. It's fine. Probably not much in it. You disagree with it. Have you heard of it? No, you probably haven't. You probably haven't read it. Nobody really cares. Why? Because there's nothing real in it. There's not a single word in that document about the attacks on the American family that you see every day. He's like, listen, it didn't include the 14 words, so it's just not good enough. That's at the center of most people's concerns. How are my kids? Will they have a life that resembles mine? That was called the American dream. Does it still exist? Will they be able to afford to live the way they grew up? Will they have the opportunities that we had? No. 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 
People are upset about that. Why wouldn't they be? But nobody says it. People say it. People talk about it all the time. It's just they're not talking about it the way Tucker wants them to talk about it. Tucker probably wants them to blame like immigration or like woke teachers or like, I don't know, gay marriage. I don't know. Does he hate gay marriage still? I forget. He wants them to like, he, he, it's not that nobody's talking about this stuff. I just swear it's that it's in a way that when people talk about it, people talk about it like structural change. People talk about it, um, you know, that we should be offering more services to people. We should be trying to reduce income inequality and wealth inequality. Well, Tucker don't want no wealth inequality reduction. You know how much money Tucker's worth? Jesus Christ. So <clears throat> he's not, He's. it's a little disingenuous because he wants you to blame someone usually someone brown or gay or fucking a communist or some shit. But the problems are much more complicated than that. And the, the solutions are going to be more complicated. They're going to be structural solutions. And they're not going to be ones that people like old Tuck Tuck are going to be all that interested in because um, he'll have to give up a piece of his, his, some of his piece of the pie to have any impact on it. And he don't want to do that. So here's a really interesting take on the election. Uh, the transformed wife does not, like the new prime minister having been elected, but her reason, it might surprise you. No, I'm not thrilled about having her as prime minister, just like I wasn't thrilled about Amy Comey Barrett. She has what, seven children? I don't know how many, but she has a lot of children. I mean, she's saying some great things that need to be said, but the way she's saying them, screaming, yelling, it's incredibly unfeminine and masculine. Oh, I want to be like her. Oh, I want to go into politics. Oh, I want to save a country. Oh, I need to go, go to college. It's taking women farther and farther away from God's will for them. Women are created for the home. Hitler was not chosen by God to be the chancellor of, of, of Germany. He allows he allowed Hitler to be the chancellor. Whoa, I want to hear the rest of that. It was probably like because of all the gays in the Weimar Republic or whatever, right? Because a lot of people talking about that. They're like, oh, well, if you wokesters wouldn't have been all wokey, woke, woke, then there wouldn't be a fascist there. <sighs> people are literally talking about how the Weimar Republic was too um, open to like gay and trans people. And that's why Hitler came about. And they're using that like kind of as a comparison here to explain why this lady got elected. I don't know if that's uh, the truth or not, but um, it seems, seems crazy. And maybe people shouldn't be saying that. So we're going to go, <clears throat> this is going to be Marjorie, the gathering. She gave a speech at what appears to be a Trump rally covered by the right side broadcasting network, because of course it was, she, she's hearkening back to a simpler time. Do you remember when there were like Trump, like boat parties? Well, she's hearkening back to that simpler time here. Now, whether at a Trump rally or a famous Michigan Trump boat parade, remember those? Was that the one where the fucking boats all sank? Yeah, they're the best. Was that the one where the boats sank? Joe Biden never had one boat parade, did he? No. <laughs> he only had a few people sitting in weird circles, didn't he? I don't even know what that was. <laughs> I don't know what that was either. I just remember, I just remember the boat sinking and it was just the best. I don't know if there's the one in Michigan specifically where the boats were sinking, but 
let's just say that it was just because it's fun. Here's part of that same speech. She's going to be Marjorie. The gathering here is going to be talking about how uh, Democrats are just uh, rounding up the Republicans. They're just, just rounding them up. They already started. It's not just a plan anymore. They're doing it right now. We're all targets now, though, for daring to push back against the regime. And it doesn't stop at a weaponized legal system. I'm not going to mince words with you all. Democrats want Republicans dead. And they've already started the killings. An 18-year-old boy was run down by a Democrat driver who confessed to killing the teenager simply because he was a Republican. Even right here in Michigan, just last week, an 83-year-old woman was shot in the back for advocating for the unborn. Is that true? I don't know if that's true. Joe Biden has declared every freedom-loving American an enemy of the state. But under Republicans, we will take back our country from the communists who have stolen it and want us to disappear. We will expose the unelected bureaucrats, the real enemies within, who have abused their power and declared political warfare on the greatest president this country has ever had. So that's like really dangerous rhetoric, right? Because if you convince people that an entire political party and everybody who votes for them was trying to kill them, then some of those people are going to think that going out and trying to like defend themselves is a good idea, right? They'll think that going out and uh, like doing harm to somebody who's a liberal or whatever is an act of self-defense. It's the same. It's like almost the same reason why it's dangerous to call your political opponents child abusers. Like you shouldn't be doing that because if somebody's abusing children, then any and all uh, methods you might use against them are justified. And so again, if people are trying to wipe you out and wipe your people out, anything you might do to them is justified. And that's why that kind of rhetoric is dangerous. And Marjorie Taylor green, I don't think she's stupid. I think she knows exactly what she's doing. Um, there's a little, you know, a little enough plausible deniability to last a lifetime in there, of course. But I think she knows exactly what she's doing. Now we're going to move on to the uh, drug moral panic part of the show. We got two clips. When we got Kellyanne Conway, I don't know. Um, I guess they are letting her on TV again, and uh, she is understands cannabis very well, as you're going to see in this clip. In his life, Sean, he hasn't worked a day as lieutenant governor. He put the marijuana flag up. He thought that was funny. He's trolling his opponent. He thinks that's funny. Here's what's not funny, that there's been a doubling of overdose deaths in Pennsylvania while he's been in office from 2015 to 2021. Fentanyl is rankling every every corner of the state. Wait, that has nothing to do with cannabis. It has nothing to do with cannabis. She understands cannabis. She's like, look, he likes, he thinks the weed should be legal. So, uh, you know, he's responsible for uh, fentanyl overdoses in the state of Pennsylvania. And it's not just Pennsylvania where these drug overdoses have increased. It's every state of the union because fentanyl is becoming more and more prevalent. People are putting it, unfortunately, in uh, other drugs that people, people are not expecting to get fentanyl. Like, I would not probably do ecstasy because I'm, I'd be concerned that there'd be fentanyl in it. So, it's not just Pennsylvania and nobody's putting it in the weed. It's kind of difficult to do that. It's way easier to put it in somebody's e-pill or somebody's cocaine or whatever. Easier is a weird way to talk about it. But anyway, here's uh, Jesse Waters talking about rainbow fentanyl. 
which is, I don't think it's a thing. I don't think, I don't think it's a thing, but here's the rainbow fentanyl moral panic. Masks and gloves, and then they pill it up in, in plastic and then they distribute it. It's very hard to detect. You know, Dana, I mean, young children now going out to trick or treat. I mean, basically parents have a decision to make. You don't let your kids get that candy. It doesn't mean the person giving it out is intending to harm. You throw away all the nerds and the sweet tarts. Yeah. What the fuck? Or you you decide it's not you're not going to there's not going to be massive Halloween parading. There's going to be small groups with families that we know. We're going to do this in our backyard and that's how or in our basement. And that's how we're we're going in our basement. I don't understand. So 300 people a A day, 300 Americans a day are dying. Do you remember what? Halloween and Halloween party in somebody's basement sounds rad, but it doesn't sound like a kid's event, right? Basements are cool because you can make a lot of noise in a basement and the fucking ground absorbs the sound. But this, 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 this thing happens every year where people get like more, it's a moral panic about drugs or razor blades in people's candy. And they, they don't ever like show you any evidence that it happened. Like it might've happened once maybe, or like, Maybe somebody put the wrong bag of gummy bears, but I mean, I don't know. Them gummies are expensive. I don't think people are giving kids expensive drugs. I don't think any of this is happening. I think that they just, they need something. I'm just, I just get real, real, real skeptical when somebody's like, if it's, oh, they're harming the children, especially if they're harming the children with drugs, get out of here. Just get the fuck out of here. Anyway, here's old Tucker again. This is interesting. He is at a funeral in California for the founder of the Hells Angels biker gang, or one of the founders. Tucker Carlson, I I flew from Maine to be here, which is at the other end of the country. Well, how, how condescending. I flew from Maine. By the way, that's on the other side of the country, you idiot bikers. Oh, you, you be careful condescending to some Hell's Angels, sir. Um, and I flew for two reasons. One, I'm from California. I grew up here. I'm 53 years old. So I remember a different state. I almost never come back because it makes me sad. And standing here with all of you reminds me of the state I grew up in. I haven't smelled cigarette smoke in the state of California in 30 years, and I'm just so grateful to smell it. So thank you. Wait, what? For those, and I'm not joking at all. So thank you to but you don't smoke and persisting. Thank you to those of you who are going to the Stockton Gun Show in two days. God bless. I can't believe they still exist. I can't believe this California still exists. And I'm just really happy to see that it does. When I was when I was a child, I lived in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego, so the, the whole coastal range of the state. And we'd be on the I-5 in the station wagon. We'd hear this noise. And every vehicle on the I-5, if you're over 50 and lived in the state, you know exactly would get to the side as these chop ape hangers, you know, these hardtailed bikes just come roaring out. Hardtail, like, listen to him talk about this is so sad. Listen to him trying to, like, relate to bikers. Like, this is, this is so sad. This, if, if you're listening to the podcast of this too, him, like, him, like, putting his hands up, like, like he's like riding the ape hangers. He's like pretending. He's like Tuck Tuck is pretending to ride the bike. It intimidated the shit out of everyone on the freeway as the Hell's Angels went by. But in a respectful way, and I thought those guys are cool. It was, we were they were intimidating the shit out of everybody on the freeway, but they were doing it in a respectful way. And by that I mean they were white. First opportunity I had when I was nineteen delivering pizza, uh, I bought a nineteen seventy one XLCH, and the reason I bought it was 
It had no juice box on the handlebars. And I remember the bikes of my childhood, which had no, I mean, obviously they had mechanical brakes, not hydraulic brakes, and I just loved the handlebars and the Hells Angels bikes. So you inspired me in my choice of motorcycles. I'm still a fan. But that's not why I came. I came because I never met Sonny Barger, but when he died, his letter to his wife and friends was released. And my college roommate, who's also a Harley Davidson fan, sent it to me. We'd always been fans of Sonny Barger. But I didn't know what his personal views were apart from representing the club. And the letter, if I can just summarize it for memory, was always stand tall, stay loyal, ah, which made me emotional reading it, stay loyal, remain free, and always value honor. Stand tall, stay loyal, remain free, and always value honor. And I thought to myself, if there is a phrase that sums up more perfectly what I want to be, what I aspire to be, and the kind of man I respect, I can't think of a phrase that sums it up more perfectly than that. And, and I thought, that came from Sonny Barger, the famous outlaw biker that every mom in my neighborhood was scared shitless of as a child. That, that's, that's Sonny Barger's worldview? Why aren't we hearing that from the people who run the country? Why is it left to Sonny Barger to say, stand tall, stay loyal, remain free, and always value honor? The President of the United States should be saying that every single morning as he salutes the flag, but only Sonny Barger is saying it. And I thought to myself, I want to pay tribute to the man who spoke those words. And when I was invited to this funeral, I cleared my schedule and I thought, I don't care how hard it is to get from Maine to Stockton. I'm going and I'm here and I'm honored to be. It's not. Thank you for having me. And I hope that you continue to represent those views. Amen. 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 Wait, what do you mean how hard it is to get from Maine to Stockton? You book a flight. Book a flight probably to L.A. I don't know. Maybe you get a direct flight to Stockton. What do you mean how hard it is to get from Maine to Stockton? He's a rich guy. He can get anywhere on the planet in 12 hours, probably. Up next, <laughs> in our <laughs> People Understanding Culture segment, we got uh, Newt Gingrich, who is an expert on uh, tattoos. And he's going to be talking about tattoos. Because he's an expert on tattoos. Because that's what we know, that's what we know Newt Gingrich for. Tattoo expert. I mean, these people verge on being sick. Uh, in, the, in the case of Fetterman, of course, uh, he apparently had a uh, tattoo that was either a reference to a song in favor of heroin use or was a tribute to the Crips, which is a uh, Los Angeles-based, very violent gang, which actually was in Fetterman's hometown and which worked with Fetterman in his election. So What the fuck? He had a lyric from the Nine Inch Dales song, Hurt. It was not, it's not in favor of heroin use. What the fuck is he talking about? And what does that have to do with the Crips? <laughs> these people, you know why these people keep losing the culture war? It's because they don't know anything about the culture. They don't know anything about culture at all. They put up people like fucking Tucker Carlson to tell bikers about biker culture after condescending to them going, oh, you know, Maine, it's on the other side of the country. And then they have fucking Newt Gingrich going on there telling me about a fucking telling me about the song Hurt and a tattoo and like telling me that it has to do with the Crips. It doesn't have anything to do with the Crips. What a fucking idiot. 
Anyway, up next, we got Sean Hannity talking about who should and should not answer questions and in what context they should and should not be answering questions because he's a he's a knower of question answering, apparently. Um. Anyway, so they're they're all hiding behind, and and this is now the new strategy of Democrats. You can see it unfolding. Democratic candidates are hiding. The media is not holding them accountable. They're getting away without answering questions. Meanwhile, Republicans are doing town hall after town hall, press avail after press avail, only to get you know the same questions about Jan Six, Donald Trump, abortion, over and over and over again. They shouldn't answer it anymore. And I do think that Kevin McCarthy gave every Republican an answer to every question the mob has. I've already answered that question 10 times. I'm focused on this agenda and pull it out, pull out the commitments to America and say, that's what you're going to run on. So the Democrats need to be held accountable and answer questions. The Republicans, well, they need to tell people, no, I'm not answering your question. I've already answered your question. And here's what I'm going to talk about instead. So just keep that in mind. Depending on who you are and what party you're in, you should be answering questions in different ways and just rejecting questions. You should, uh, you know, just be, just listen to Hannity. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. If you're a liberal out there, answer all the questions. And uh, if you're a conservative, don't answer any of the questions. Up next, we got Doug Mastriano. He's running for governor in Pennsylvania. He's Republican running for governor. And, um, He's going to talk about what kinds of things he's going to do if he's elected here. On day one, the sexualization of our kids, pole dancing, and all this other crap that's going on will be forbidden in our schools. Is there pole dancing happening in Pennsylvania schools? That's quite a crowd. On day one, all the graphic, pornographic books that are in elementary schools will be, will be pulled out. On day one and done, critical race theory is out the window. Yep. That's right. Yep. Come on. <laughs> Please clap more. Like, what is he talking about? The pole dancing thing. I don't think there's any pole dancing happening at school. I'm not sure, though. I haven't been hanging out in Pennsylvania much lately. But then, like, the pornographic material he's talking about is probably just comprehensive sex ed. <clears throat> and child development specialists and whatever have gone over that stuff and kind of decided what's appropriate and what age range and whatnot. But this guy knows better. So <clears throat> in people running for office, we got a, there's a nominee, the GOP nominee for a, a state representative spot. His name is Jason Wolford. And uh, he's going to talk about uh, an experience he had at a Cracker Barrel. I just want to say this, and, and I, I want people to listen very, very carefully here so this is not taken the wrong way. But we were in Cracker Barrel, and I, I, let me preface the story to this. My wife is Mexican. Okay. Oh, this is not going to be good, is it? He's like, actually, I have to preface this. I have to tell you, my wife's not white. We were at a Cracker Barrel. This is not going to be good. There's no way that there's no way this is going to be anything other than an unmitigated fucking disaster. Okay. Um, so she's got some fire in it. She's her. got some fire in Fuego. her. Right? Oh, no. Oh, is she spicy? I, I, I. Oh, yikes, dude. Fuego. Muy fuego. Yeah. So uh, but my point is, and then my youngest daughter uh, is, is married and she has um, her husband's half black. So my point is this. The people that are listening right now, uh, remember that story when I'm about what I'm about to say. So we're 
in Cracker Barrel. And I see this family walk in, and for the sake of description, I'll say black, African-American, whatever, as we'd say in the Marine Corps, dark green, okay? Wait, what? And they all have masks on. This is just a couple weeks ago. And then they sit down, and they have masks on, and they lift the mask off to eat, and they put it back on. And when I saw this, I went over to them, and I said, excuse me. I said, I want to tell you a story real quick. And I said, you see my family over there? I said, my wife's Mexican, my granddaughter's 25% black. I said, I just want you to know where I'm coming from when I say what I'm going to say. I'm going to condescend to you and say something hell of racist to you, but don't worry. I have people who are uh, not white in my family who I also condescend to and say racist things to. I said, I want to remind you that first, anybody at this table, you're not black and I'm not white. You're dark brown and I'm piggy pink. Okay, <laughs> so having fun because I don't like that narrative of the black and the white. It's very divisive and people have bought into it. And the Marine Corps were smart in that for dark green, uh, uh, light green, whatever. But my point is, I told them, I said, listen, do you find it ironic that the very people that are telling you to wear this mask are the same people who go into your inner cities and slaughter the babies of black and Hispanics? Those are the same people telling you they care about you. And oh, and so I don't mean to be political, but at the same time, right is right and wrong is wrong. And you said earlier, what do you mean you don't mean to be political? You're running for office. And what you said wasn't really, I wouldn't call that politics. That's like a fucking racist trope about like abortion. Like what you just did that. Ooh, man, man, you fucking talking to people that way is a numbers game, my friend. Uh, you know, you sniffed things out and uh, it looked like um, this thing we were going through had more holes than Swiss cheese, right? And so I just want those that are listening, um, you know, brown, uh, piggy pink, whatever they want to say color-wise, uh, across social um, races, uh, financial, you know, means, uh, we need to pay attention to our freedoms and what's being told, uh, taken from us, uh, what we're allowing to be taken, and then also the agenda that's being pushed on us, uh, because it's just so many times not the fact. Um, what's his name again? What's this guy's name? His name is Jason Wolford. Jason Wolford is a fucking massive piece of shit. Fuck Jason Wolford. <clears throat> leave people alone. If people want to wear a mask, leave them the fuck alone. Like, don't. You're in a place called Cracker Barrel, for fuck's sake. There's just there's just so much going on with this. <sighs> All right, well, <clears throat> the clown car of uh, Republican candidates is not quite over yet. We're getting there, though, for this week. This is AOC's opponent um, protesting at a migrant relief center in the Bronx with someone like we can, oh, I can only describe as a maybe an overzealous fan of Evil Knievel. So you have a rally with Joe Biden. You have a rally on that side of the parking lot because this is our enemy in the Bronx. You gotta go. You're an enemy. And you can all bring. You can all bring an illegal immigrant home with you today. Take it away. That's what he needs to do. I officially declared the month of October 
an adopt an illegal immigrant. Take them all. Okay? Take them so all. Democrats, liberals, line up. It's a huge parking lot. Come and take one of these lovely men home to your home and give them shelter. Bring it on. Bring it on. But I don't think like I don't think the people that are there want that. They want to like they want their own place, Tina. <laughs> they want an apartment or a house or something. Because Tina, Tina, those are people. The people you're calling illegals, those are people. They don't want to just go live with some liberal somewhere. They're not like I'm going to uh I'm going to emigrate possibly go to the United States because what I really want is for some nice liberal family to take me home. That's not what people want. People want like their own space. People want to, some people want to work. I don't know. I don't really think it's that important that everybody work, but you know, that's the supposedly the American dream. People want to get a job, get ahead, save some money, send their kids to school, or maybe they're not married. Maybe they meet somebody. That's what the people, that's what they want. They don't want, they don't want what they don't want, like some family in the Bronx to just take them home. That's crazy talk. Anyway, here's more of Tina. I don't think she's going to defeat AOC. Uh, thankfully, the Bronx is a <laughs> fairly blue place where uh, AOC is pretty damn popular. I think she's going to like get like 10% maybe. Anyway, here's more of Tina Forte. See, when I when I get to Congress, I will call it all out on both Good. sides. You should. I have no shame and I have no filter. Zero filter. That's why I am where I am right now. I got popular because I said things that other people were afraid to say. I'm not afraid to say it. I was banned from school property for nine months from my granddaughter's school because I call everybody out. Right. I have no problem. You got banned from your granddaughter's school? I tell people, stand with me. She got banned from her granddaughter's school? How do you get banned from the property of your granddaughter's school? Was she there like yelling at people, trying to start debates with people and shit? Like, wh- how do you get banned from the property of a school that your grandkids go to? What kind of monster? <laughs> I mean, come on. The school doesn't really have much incentive <clears throat> to be banning people's extended family. Jeez, man. Oh, I was wrong. We have one more um, reference to a Republican running for office. This is Michael Flynn. Yes, that Michael Flynn. At, the, uh, at an event for candidate for secretary of state mark fincham that's going to be in arizona and let's see what uh see what old, old michael flynn has to say here it's probably going to be pretty unhinged michael flynn has completely lost the plot Ninety percent of the departments of whatever just lock them up lock them up just lock up 90% of the departments of whatever? <laughs> you know, states, states' rights. Did you know that a governor can declare war? Governor can declare war. On who? Okay. And we, we're going to probably, we're going to probably see that. So what is... Wait, who can the governor, I mean... I could declare war on anybody right now, but that doesn't mean there's going to be a war or that I can mobilize any kind of fighting force. What does he mean, the governor? Who is the governor going to declare war on? Maybe the Cracker Barrel. Maybe he'll declare war on Cracker Barrel. Maybe he'll declare war on wokeness. I don't know who, like, what does he mean? The governor can declare. Michael Flynn is out of his damn mind. I kind of love him for it, but 
<clears throat> the problem is, is that he's influential. If he was less influential, he'd be a lot funnier, right? But a lot of like a lot of like far right people do take Michael Flynn seriously, and he's you know pretty pretty comfortable with using that kind of QAnon cult language and kind of trying to foster that audience and rile them up, and that's that's a little bit of a problem. So now everybody, here's our palate cleanser. I'm sure you've already seen this. It's taste the biscuit. It's the goodness of the biscuit. Taste the honey sauce. Taste the goodness of the biscuit with the honey sauce. Don't get that honey sauce on me. I don't like the way it tastes with my chicken wings. Taste the biscuit. Taste the goodness of the biscuit. Taste the butter spread. Taste the goodness of the biscuit with the butter spread. To get your butter spread all on me. I don't like the way it mixes with my mac and cheese. Cause when you're at KFC, you got that special sauce to stir my curiosity. Just give me a five piece meal. Oh, what a deal. A big old box, it's all for me. You know, I'll take coleslaw on the side. I could tell you wanted to try the potato wedges. the goodness of the biscuit taste the honey sauce taste the goodness of the biscuit with the honey sauce get your honey sauce on me i don't like the way it mixes with my chicken wings get none of that honey sauce on me i don't like the way it tastes on my chicken wings Take us out, Moose. Taste the biscuit. These people are out there living their best life and people are making fun of them. I'm not a fan of the song, but I, you know, whatever. Some people in chat thought it was a bop. Some people in chat didn't think it was a bop. Maybe you can leave a, leave a one-star review for our podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts and let us know if you thought that was a bop or not. Up next, we got... Um, <coughs> You can enter you can enter a contest. And if you win the contest, you can go hunt hogs with Marjorie the Gathering. I think uh, you should all enter that. And you should let me know if you enjoyed your uh, hog hunting trip with uh, Marjorie the Gathering. We've got skyrocketing inflation, high diesel fuel, and Democrats' America last policies. Democrats aren't the only one destroying farmers' ability to put food on the table. We've got wild hogs destroying farmers' fields. So we decided to go hog hunting. Wait a minute. This reminds me, didn't Sarah Palin do something like this where she was like shooting some kind of animals from a helicopter? 
help American farmers out. Sign up below and let's go in that helicopter and go hog hunting. Enter to win now. <laughs> there would be nothing I would like less than going hog hunting with fucking Marjorie the Gathering. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that was amazing. All right. Up next, we got uh, Peter Thiel has put out a new dating app. It's called The Right Stuff. Every time they do this, they try to put out, someone tries to put out like a conservative dating app and it's always really cringe. And uh, here's one of the ads for The Right Stuff dating app. Today, we brought in a group of conservative young women and wanted to get their honest opinions about what they're looking for in the guys they date. What are you looking for in a partner? They just have to be a conservative. Definitely someone that wants to have kids. I like an independent man. Personally, I like the alpha male vibe. I want a man who really loves his family. Definitely someone whose faith is important to them. For me, it's someone who actually wants to meet my parents. Why do you want to date a conservative? For me, at least I know that we're going to start off with some shared values. Wait, but don't they get mad when like fucking liberals, like they, there's all these like whiny ass articles and all these fucking things about, oh, on a college campus, the liberals don't want to date the conservatives. Like, aren't there all kinds of whiny ass ads about that now that, but it's the shoes on the other foot here. And the shoes probably a crock. Like, let's not get it twisted. These women are fairly basic. Um, <clears throat> now the shoes on the other foot and it's great. Just great. Conservative men I've dated at least know how to treat me like a woman. In my personal experience, conservative guys have better manners. I like that they understand their role in the relationship as a man. I just prefer my men to be masculine. And what's the biggest red flag when it comes to dating? A Democrat. No Democrats. A Democrat. Can't be a Democrat. A Democrat. That's easy. A Democrat. No Democrats. So no. <laughs> Find the right match. Download the right stuff today. They're like showing the oldest iPhone in the world too. Um, so yeah, there there were all these <clears throat> articles bemoaning that college campus culture makes it hard for people to date, hard for conservative men to get dates because the women um, are not interested in the conservative men. So that's bad, right? In fact, it was a lot, a lot of liberal publications were sort of bemoaning this too. They were like, you should be more, I don't know, more open-minded or whatever. But now like, now it's all gravy, baby. <clears throat> I hope, I hope people are on their catfishing. <laughs> I hope people are on that app catfishing. <laughs> I couldn't see them. I couldn't see a situation in which that app isn't already completely full of trolls, right? There's certainly people trolling. I would love to go on that app just as like an openly gay person and <laughs> see what happens on there. Here's a fake Chevron ad that if you didn't like our earlier palate cleanser, this might be a palate cleanser for you. We at Chevron believe that nothing is more precious than life and that the most precious life of all is the dead kind that has been compressed for hundreds of millions of years under massive rocks until it magically becomes oil oil that we can refine and sell as gasoline so a cool ass tank can crush a clay hut or an airplane can take a businessman 3,000 miles to have dinner with someone or whatever 
all the while releasing greenhouse gases that are transforming the planet right this second into a hellish George Miller film. Because at the end of the day, we at Chevron straight up don't give a single fuck about you, your weird children, or your stupid ratty ass dog. <laughs> and we have billions and billions of dollars to pay for this commercial time, this cheesy footage, and this bullshit music. All so that you will be lulled into a catatonic state that makes you forget one singular fact. Chevron is actively murdering you every day. See, the human brain can only deal with so many things at once, so these emotionally loaded scenes will always push aside other thoughts like, Chevron is murdering me. It's just how our brains work, you meat puppet who exists only to feed us profits. Chevron, it's hard to even comprehend how little of a fuck we give about you. And this commercial also applies equally to Axon, BP, Shell, our delinquent lapdog media, and any hack politician who's trading the future of life on this planet for filthy money and oil stocks. Fuck yeah. If you didn't like the first palate cleanser, I figure maybe you'll like the second palate cleanser. <clears throat> it's a very funny fake commercial from Chevron. Um, anyway, up next, we're going to move on to like the IDW adjacent part of the, uh, the docket here. We're going to skip the Charlie Kirk one because there's too much that I have to explain about it. And it's not as good as this uh, clip that I'm calling Boys Bathroom Ben. Okay, meanwhile, over in Virginia, the Democrats are fighting mad. They're fighting mad because Glenn Youngkin is actually keeping one of his promises. One of his promises is that he is not going to allow transgender policy to change how children go to school. So what he means by this is that he is no longer going to allow people who simply identify as a member of the opposite sex to walk into the bathrooms at public schools. And this follows hot on the heels of a story that was largely broken by the Daily Wire in which a student dressed in a skirt allegedly went into a girl's bathroom and sexually assaulted a girl. And so, and then was told by the school board and Loudoun County, this sort of stuff never happens. If you have transgender bathrooms, it really is no problem whatsoever. So Glenn Youngkin has now changed the policy. What school did this happen at? What was the date? Like, he gives no information. You can't, like, there's no way to, like, check to see if what he's talking about is happening, happened in the way he describes it. And he has gone back to the original policy, which until the last five minutes was considered not only normal, but perfectly logical that boys should go pee pee in the boys room and girls should go pee pee in the girls room and that boys should not go pee pee until the last five minutes was considered not only normal, but perfectly logical that boys should go pee pee in the boys room and girls should go pee pee in the girls room and that boys should not go pee pee in the girls room just because they say that they are, are boys and that girls should not go pee pee in the boys room because they're not capable of using the urinal. I mean, like this is this is really not difficult stuff, but apparently this I'm going to clip that out and put it on the soundboard now driving outsized outrage. So according to BuzzFeed News, students at almost 100 schools in Virginia on Tuesday participated in walkouts to protest a proposed policy put forward by Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin that would heavily restrict the rights of transgender students. And how about the rights of girls not to be in a bathroom with a teenage boy? That seems like a pretty big right. But apparently, no, no right to privacy for girls who actually would like to, you know, go to the bathroom in peace. Have a teenage boy in there saying he's a girl. No, no, no. They, they have no rights. It's only this particular set of people who apparently has rights. <laughs> just him talking about boys going pee pee and girls going pee pee and shit. It was just impossible to take that seriously, right? Like, how could you take that seriously? Here's Tiny Dancer Ben talking about the uh, sexual revolution. More masculinity talk with Ben. Hopefully, he doesn't talk about pee pee again. 
because I was a little uncomfortable by that. Also, like, not for nothing, I don't really comment on people's looks around here, but Ben's beard is weird. I'd retract my former statement. You know the one. You know the one. What has happened here is the sexual revolution has castrated men in, in terms of their ambition, in terms of their mobility. That is what the sexual revolution did, and it did not make women happier. That is the dirty little secret here. The second wave, third wave feminist movement did not make women happier, and it made men a lot unha unhappier. And, and what we are seeing here is the impact of that. Now, I'm not making the case that women shouldn't be in the workplace, that they shouldn't be able to get the jobs that they want. I'm making the case that traditional social roles, traditional gender roles absolutely matter. Again, I will say my wife is, an, is a perfect example of this. My wife is a doctor. She's a primary care physician. I took care of the kids while she was in medical school. I remember at seven o'clock every night, I would drive our two very young children at the time. My daughter was all of about two and a half years old and my son was a newborn. And I would drive them to the hospital where she was in residency so she could see them for like 25 minutes while she ate her dinner. And then she would head back inside to the residency program. This is bad. So I'm very much in favor of the idea that women should be able to work the jobs that they want to work. Also, life is a balance. And my wife does that beautifully. My wife took off time to take care of both of our kids when they were babies. And now, because she has the ability to, she wants to work part-time so she can spend more time with the kids. This is not a rare coincidence. This is, this is kind of the ideal life as women seek to live it. But the feminist movement has told women that all of that is very bad. Having a husband is bad. It's a sign that you are weak as a woman. Having children is really bad. The having, a husband that his, having a husband that's Ben Shapiro is bad. Having children with Ben Shapiro is bad. Of being a woman is to have an abortion. Wait, what? I'm not just saying that. Understand. I'm talking about the height of female aspiration, according to many members of the left, is abortion. For, for example, the Women's March, literally yesterday, tweeted out. This is a direct quote. Quote, we are not just pro-choice. We are proudly, unapologetically pro-abortion. Yes. And there's a difference there. They're not even saying women should be able to make the decisions with their own Whatever you think of the pro-life versus pro-choice position, they're not even saying that. They're no, they, they're pro-abortion. That's what they said. They, abortion they're is not pro-forced abortion. That's Scientology that forces people to get abortions, Ben. Scientology, not the Women's March. Doing something better for themselves if they decide not to engage in these roles. And that's nothing new. I mean, that was something that was said by Simone de Beauvoir going all the way back to like the 1960s talking about the idea that women should be prohibited from childbearing and child rearing because too many women, if allowed to make that decision, would make that decision. And that would reinstill all of these social roles and values that actually make life worth living and make life quite beautiful. In order to achieve complete equality and flattening, what you really need to do is prevent women from getting involved in marriage, getting involved in having kids. What you have to do is deprive men of their social role and deprive women of their social role and turn everybody into an inter interchangeable widget. And this has dramatic effects. The most obvious effects are on men. The The... The sexual revolution's effect on men has been extraordinarily bad. Now, there are a lot of men out there who took advantage of the sexual revolution. It turns out that sexual liberation, really good for horny men. Yes, it's good for, yes. And that's fine, actually. Like, I don't, like, if you're horny, somebody else is horny, and then you both want to have some sex. I mean, Ben doesn't consent, so I guess you shouldn't do it. But, like, it's good for everybody. Yeah, it's good for horny men. It's okay to be horny. The availability of people to have sex with who you are not married to skyrocketed. So for guys who want no, to- No, they were all, the availability didn't change. It's just the stigma attached to it changed. With lots and lots of partners, which is many, many men. This was just a, a boon. It was wonderful for them. But it also robbed men of their soul because the entire idea of traditional masculinity is that men have aggressive instincts. Men have aggressive physical, sexual work <laughs> instincts. Men are more aggressive. They have testosterone. 
This is evolutionary biology. This is not stereotyping. It's true among primates. It's true among human beings. And because of that, we have evolved as a species, many institutions that are designed to channel that traditional masculine aggressive energy toward good purposes, toward, toward defending hearth and home. I said this about the military, got ripped earlier this week. Well, it's perfectly obvious that this is the case, that military service, for example, was a traditionally male pursuit. And that was not a bad thing because men are the ones who are going to charge hills and kill each other on behalf of hearth and home. As a general rule throughout human but history, they just they do it usually on behalf of some government. There are exceptions because every rule has exceptions, but that does not mean the rule does not exist. So we created all of these institutions ranging from military service to fatherhood and the man staying in the home and monogamy and taking care of the kids. And we gave men roles. That did not mean that we were supposed to let men get away with toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity would be you know, actual violence against women or being promiscuous or abandoning your children. We see a lot more toxic masculinity. No, being promiscuous isn't bad unless you told somebody else that you're only, if you agreed to monogamy with somebody and then you go behind their back, you're lying to them. Otherwise, promiscuity's fine. Get your fuck on. By the way, in the aftermath of the sexual revolution, and we saw before, because I consider it toxic masculinity to knock up a woman and then leave your child and abandon them. That's like the worst thing that you can do to a woman and to the child. And we see a lot of that these days. And we're, tr we're told that that is liberation. It's not liberation for the woman who's now taking care of the child. Are we told that that's liberation? liberation for the child who doesn't have a father. And it's not liberation for the man either. Because it turns out that all it does is it frees him to be a perennial adolescent who is unhappy and useless. What Jordan Peterson says is the same thing that I say. The burdens that you take on in life the obligations you take on in life with regard to roles and family and children, these are what liberate you. They are what give you fulfillment. We are a liberation-centered Well, but society. that's, for some people, sure. Some people do find, like, fulfillment in life through, through responsibility. Other people, maybe it's art, music, sex. In which the only thing that matters is your interior feeling at any given point in time. Fulfillment does not come from that interior sense of happiness at any given point in time. The man who eats tons of ice cream and dies at age 35 of a heart attack because of morbid obesity did not live a happy life. Even though every time he ate the ice cream, he felt really good about himself. We've all, oh, human beings have always understood for literally all of time that there is a difference between the immediate joy of doing a thing that brings you happiness and the lifelong joy of taking on obligations that are very difficult and that make your life worse in many ways, but in the end, make your life a hell of a lot better. That's what it's like to be married. That's what it's like to have kids. You give up something and what you get in return is something far greater. And then we blew up those institutions in the name of this liberal utopian ideal of atomistic individualism in which the sexual identity that you take on is the most important thing in life. That is the only thing that matters in life. And again, the results have been dire. They've been disastrous for Western civilization as a whole. I don't even know what, like, what is he talking about? Like, like people just want to do different things. Some people want to have a family. I mean, my parents are still together and they're pretty happy for older people. My parents have friends that never had families and those friends of my parents all seem pretty happy, pretty, pretty well, well put together. Like people, people live their lives and do things in a different way. I don't know. I don't think I want a long-term partner. Certainly don't want kids. Fuck that shit. I don't even want pets but everybody's different and Ben can't really handle that. <sighs> we'll do two more clips before we go into red light. This one is uh, Candace Owens and she's just going to bust out one of the oldest homophobias that has ever been homophobia. 
And if you're a person and you're thinking, oh, maybe I'm a lesbian, what an amazing lesbian icon to have to follow, right? Everybody likes Ellen Generous. Everybody loved her show. I still enjoy snippets from Ellen Generous' talk show, and she became one of the most popular hosts. Not mentioned, however, and I am not trying to draw conclusions for either of these women, but both of these women have also talked about the fact that they were sexually abused when they were younger. Before they found fame, they went through periods of sexual abuse. Is it related? No. It's understandable, I suppose. Of course, it's understandable that if you had been harmed by an individual of a certain sex, that you would shy away from all healthy sexual relations with that particular sex. But is that the right thing? Wait, but then you compare this with what they're saying with the groomer stuff. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She fucking was on the groomer bandwagon for a little bit. You, 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 she, this is contradictory to the shit that she was saying about groomers before, right? Right. Instead of acknowledging that these people have been harmed and trying to help them, we now have a society that just celebrates it. They just say, oh, this is completely normal. It's just this, everything that you're feeling is completely normal and it's completely valid. And buried beneath could be an individual that is hurt, that is still hurting, and that would make different decisions if people... But the two aren't, the, the, two can, the two aren't, there's no even proof that they're correlated. You could be an abuse victim... And just be happen to be gay. Like it's they're not related to one another generally. People reached in and helped them. But we can't talk about that because that would be, I guess, gay conversion therapy, right? Which Well, yes, if you're trying to ungay them, yes, then that's gay conversion therapy. And the fucking mental health community speaks with pretty much one voice on conversion therapy that it's bad. Dark medieval tones, according to the internet according to leftists. Again, I don't have any answers to these questions. I think that it is worthy of discussion. It is worthy of deep consideration. Are we now in a society where we are seeing a higher incidences of individuals identifying as various things? In fact, now there's people that are identifying as animals. and as Oh, animals. no. Just, just, just say the shit about the fucking litter box and the classroom you know you want to say the dumb shit about the litter box in the classroom just say it candace just say as it. dogs because there is a suffering underneath that we are not acknowledging those are just furries and they're fucking fantastic and their parties are amazing i will always dj at a at a after party at frolic or whatever i will even do that shit for free because that is a fucking party so we're going to go over this uh more <laughs> more thoroughly on Wednesday for the intellectual dollar tree. I'm sure. But, uh, here's Jordan Peterson. Fuck man. Here's Jordan Peterson on the Piers Morgan show talking about involuntarily celibate men. Incel being these weirdo loner men, uh, who are despicable in many ways. Is that you? Are you the intellectual hero to these people? Sure. Why not? You know, um, people have been after me for a long time by, because I've been speaking to disaffected young men. You know, what a terrible thing to do that is. I thought the marginalized were supposed to have a voice. It's making you emotional to talk about it. Well, God, you know. It's very difficult to understand how demoralized people are. And certainly many young men are in that category. 
And you get these casual insults, these, these incels. What do they mean? It's like, well, these men, they're, they don't know how to make themselves attractive to women who are very picky and good for them. Women, like, be picky. That's, that's your gift, man. Demand high standards from your men. Fair enough. But all these men who are alienated, it's like they're lonesome and, and, and they don't know what to do. And everyone piles abuse on them. It's really something to see. Constantly. How many people are dying for a lack of an encouraging word? Mm. And how easy it is to provide that if you're careful. You know, give credit where credit is due. And to say, you're a net force for good if you want to be. Do you believe you're a net force for good? Net? Yes. In all the details? Probably not. You know, no one's perfect. So, <clears throat> yeah, so like the only reason I'm okay with playing this stuff, there's no problem with men crying. Um, it's you know men should be able to cry but i think this guy does it in sort of like a cry bully kind of way where <clears throat> i think he's aware of what he's doing and he's conscious of th that he's doing it and i think he busts that shit out whenever he's talking about something fucking ridiculous whenever he's talking about something he's doing that is in fact harmful whenever he's talking about it, how he's encouraging in most cases young men to be shit so he'll bust this out when he's doing that and I think it's, I think it's on purpose. It's, it's called being a cry bully. It's like where you will use your own tears and your own emotional, your emotionality is like a weapon to try to deflect people who might criticize you or to try to deflect people who might, or to try to like increase the harm you're able to do to other people. I haven't flushed this out fully in my head, um, but I think that's what he's doing here. And he's pretty effective at it. He's always been effective at this. He uses, he's using like almost the affect of being like emotionally available as he pushes what are almost exclusively like hateful ideas out into the world. And so it's, he's using his tears almost to like bully people. And it's, I wish I wish I had thought about this a little bit more before the show, because I would be able to speak a little more clearly on it and maybe with a little more authority or whatever, but I'll think about it. Maybe, maybe I'll have something a little better on the idea of a cry bully by Wednesday because we will be covering this during the post game on the intellectual dollar tree. Went a couple minutes over, uh, but that's fine. Literally a couple minutes. We're like two or three minutes over. Thanks everybody for listening to the podcast of this show. You're missing most of the show. If you're checking it out on like iTunes or Stitcher or iHeart or whatever, head on over to twitch.tv slash Echoplex media, follow the channel. Um, or you can head on over to patreoncom slash Echoplex join at the $5 level and you can download the audio from beginning to end. And, um, also there's a way on Twitch where you can probably find it unless I DJ and then I have to kill the VOD. Anyway, thanks live, uh, listeners and viewers for hanging out during the podcast recording. I know it's not your favorite part of the show. Probably it's a lot more fun when, uh, I'm talking to you and stuff and, uh, podcast listeners, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's even more reason to join us on Twitch. And, uh, we're going to go on into red light. This is boomers by Periscope. I'm going to change the color of the lights in the room and change the content of my beverage. I'll be back. 
can't get enough Echoplex and want to keep the conversation going with the hosts and community when we're not live, then join our Discord server at discord.me slash Echoplex. We have text channels, voice channels, meme repositories, and a whole section of screenshots that we don't even remember where they came from. Come join the Now Space on Discord at discord.me slash Echoplex.